Victoria College is a public, open admission college. Our mission is to provide educational opportunities and services for our students and the communities we serve. For more information, please visit us at www.victoriacollege.com to schedule your tour. And welcome in to episode 57 of The Grid, Heinz 57, our catch-up episode, as Mike says. And this is also the show where every uh, member of the show predicted the Red River, Rival- Red River rivalry wrong. Uh, so we get that honor. I'm Gabe Myers. Alongside me, as usual, Mike Foreman and Jeremiah Sosa. A lot of football went on this weekend. Um, high school, college, otherwise. Um, and we'll start We'll start here in Victoria with Victoria West playing Corpus Christi Vets. And this was one that uh, it's one I was really looking forward to because it was West's first test in district play and it was i mean i talked to you mike late late friday night and you were like man i was when i saw the score at one point it was 34 to 6 corpus christi vets and that lead you know of course you see a score like that oh it's a it's a blowout west wasn't didn't belong on the field that's not necessarily what uh what transpired what happened um corpus christi vets was a better team no question but it was and this was the headline of the story, missed opportunities. It felt like the entire game, especially the second, third quarter, Warriors would get down about the 35-yard line and then a penalty or a negative play or one time a turnover, and what looked like it was going to be a scoring drive turned out not, you know, turned turned out there was going to be no points. And this was, the game was funny because if you would have told me before the game, if Mike Jeremiah, one of y'all tells me before the game, hey, Gabe, Kamari Montgomery is going to run for 200 yards and like eight and a half yards a carry. Victoria West is going to hold Corpus Christi Vets to under 100 yards total as a team. Victoria West is going to win the time of possession. Victoria West is going to force multiple turnovers in the red zone. If you tell me that Friday afternoon, I would have said, oh, Victoria West is going to win. They're going to be 3-0 in district. That's how this game's going to go. All that stuff happened. And none of it really mattered. And some of that's credit to Corpus Christi Vets for how good they were. But it was just you know, it was shock. It was shocking in a sense because I thought if you were to ask me West path to victory, well, win the battle in the running game because they've really become more of a running offense this year. They did that. They won the physical battle. The camp, their quarterback Repper was clean all game. Montgomery had holes to run through. They ran the ball really successfully. And even the defensive line, they got pressure on the quarterback at times. They were able to, they were able to stop the, the Eagles running game. So you tell me all that, it's like, man, West should have won this game. Big plays from Corpus Christi Vets. They, you know, they gave up the big plays. Vets had a receiver who was, you know, one of the best receivers in the state out there. Number, I can't remember the name right now off the top of my head, but number two, he had over 140 yards in the first half. He had two long plays for touchdowns. And big plays was the story of the game for West. They, they you know, they they gave up too many. And then on offense, when they go back at it, they couldn't, you know, they couldn't, once they got past the 50, they just couldn't punch the ball into the end zone. And when they did start finishing off drives, it proved to be too little too late. Vets got the ball back with about seven minutes left and held on to it for the rest of the game, 34-19. So that, you know, West still has to play Miller later this year. We'll see kind of how the district sh- shakes out. East is 2-1 and one in district now as well. We're going to talk about them here right now. Um, but that, you know, for West, it was a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a gut punch. Cause I think I know talking to them, they feel they did a lot of things really well watching the game. I thought they did a lot of things well, 
but they lost to what was a be- what better team, certainly, on the night. So, interested to see how they bounce back against Ray this week. Speaking of Corpus Christi, Ray, Jeremiah, that's who East played last week. And uh, East could not have played any better from the sounds of it. Yeah, on both sides of the ball, the Titans played, uh, you know, very well. They came out with, uh, I believe it was 48-3 victory over the Texans. Um, offense, they just completely dominated the run game. Uh, season high, 376 yards rushing. Uh Casey Coley and Nigel Prater, they were the leaders in the running game. Uh, Nigel Prater, it seems like every week he has, uh, you know, close to 150 yards rushing. He had, I, I believe, over 140 uh, in this game. He had two touchdowns. Coley had three touchdowns and over 50 yards rushing. So it was just a dominating performance from um, the running game. And then the defense, uh, you know, the defensive line played just as well. They had 11 tackles for loss, uh, held, um, uh, you know, the Texans to under 200 yards total. So, uh, very, uh, you know, head coach Charlie Reed was very pleased with the play from both sides of the ball. And, uh, you know, he, he's really impressed with, uh, you know, the line, especially the offensive line and, you know, the strides they've made this season to, you know, where they're at right now. Yeah, it's, uh, I know talking to you last week, it was, you know, bounce back spot for East and they, you know, they really did bounce back. Now Ray's going to have to play West next week. So another Victoria team off a of bounce back. That's just lovely for them. Um, Mike, you were at the state's oldest continuous rivalry, and it was a game that lived up, you know, lived up to the bill, billing. Bay City, they got El Campo this year. We talked about what their path to victory was last week. Well, they found their path to victory. They won the game. El Campo, Oliver Miles going out in the, yeah, at the end of the first half kind of helped that cause. But nonetheless, Bay City was a 26-21 they're winners this year to Black Cats. Yeah, that's a little deceptive because El Campo had a touchdown pass on the last play of the right. game. So, uh, Bay City won the game. Uh, it sure didn't start off like that. They Bay City fumbles the opening kickoff. And you're going, oh, here we go again, you know. But they rebounded. Uh, they played a pretty good game, I think, uh, they showed defensively they had two picks in the second half. Uh, obviously, El Campo losing Oliver Miles hurt it. Um, it it's the kind of thing um, where I think it's, it's the deal where El Campo, you know, last year they relied so heavily on Reuben Owens. Mm-hmm. And this year they're relying on Oliver Miles. Well, when someone like that goes up, somebody else has to step up. And I, I just don't know if they're to that point yet where they found someone that can step up. Or not, it doesn't even need to be one person. It can be two or three people that really have to step up. Well, on the other side, Bay City, I mean, their defense, uh, Carlon Jones, uh, you know, he was dominant in the middle like he used to. And a great game from a little running back, Jada Andrews, who you kind of have to look out there to mm. find him. He's not very big, but, boy, he can run and he can cut. And, uh, you know, I'll tell you what, that district uh, right now, I believe Iowa Colony and Needville are undefeated. Uh, and El Campo plays Needville this week, bases off. But I, I think that district is wide open. Um, you know, it's uh, Bay City, if they play – and they eliminate mistakes. I think they're as good as anyone in that district. Well, it's, you know, you mentioned Carlon Jones. Whenever you have a dominant defensive line and a dominant defensive lineman, that he, you know, that player can wreck any game, can wreck any offense he goes against. Yeah, and the other thing was that I, I didn't mention. I promised uh, Robert Jones, the coach, I wouldn't say anything. 
they started him on the offensive line, and that was the first time he asked me not to say anything. But uh, that made a difference, too, because that, that gave him a few holes to run through. And uh, I don't know if they'll continue to do that. I have a feeling they will. But, uh, you know, I'm, and I kind of asked him, uh, you know, are you in shape for this? Can you play both ways? And uh, I think uh, – Coach Jones says he's going to have to. <laughs> and uh, We're going to find out. <laughs> so uh, that worked out for him. So uh, a big win for them, you know, for like we talked about, those seniors had never beaten El Campo on any level. So uh, that was a really big win for uh, Bay City. Yeah, big win for Bay City. And then, uh, Jeremiah, you were at Yoakum and Hitchcock, and that's, we've talked about Hitchcock on the show and – how good they can be, and it looks like they flex their muscle a little bit against a Yoakum team that, in their own right, has played really well this season. Yeah, that uh, you know that game was pretty close, uh, you know, close to the the beginning of the second half. But then, uh, you know, Hitchcock's players just you know showed what they're capable of. Uh, quarterback Lloyd Jones at third, he had five touchdowns in the second half, uh, and he was just finding weapons. I mean, all over the field, they had in the first half a, a pick six for a touchdown. They had a uh, 70 plus yard kickoff return so I think that game it just, it just showed how much uh you know athleticism and you know how much skill they have on that on that you know team on both sides of the ball I mean on their defense they it, it seemed like Yoakum quarterback Zachary Taylor had like maybe one second in the pocket like every play he was having to escape and you know try to find guys down the field and it worked in the first half but once once you get to the second half it's kind of hard to you know be successful successful at that the entire game so I think that game was just, uh, you know, just, just showed how, how good Yoakum actually is being, you know, the, I don't know if they're still ranked number four, but they were ranked number four heading, heading into that game. The uh, well, Hitchcock was ranked number four. Yeah. Um, Jeremiah, Bo Robinson had quite the comparison for Lloyd-Jones uh, postgame. I'll, I'll let you give out what he said there because you were the one who talked to him. Yeah, he said, uh, you know, Bo Robinson coached against Colt McCoy in high school, and he said that uh, – you know, he was he he didn't say he didn't complete the full sentence, so I don't know if he wanted to say it, but he said, you know, Lloyd Jones is uh, you know, kinda just as good as Colt McCoy was when he coached against him and um I mean that's that's been one of the best quarterback performances I've seen, uh, you know, in the few years that I've been covering high school football. So it was definitely definitely cool to see uh, you know, that high level of a talent on the field. Yeah, and, and Mike, you had seen Lloyd Jones earlier this year and you had nothing but good things to say about him as well. Yeah, he is uh he has improved so much from his junior year, so much more poised. Uh really knows what he wants to do. He he doesn't he wants to stay in the pocket and throw the ball, but if you flush him, he can run. And uh he is just a weapon and uh you know, the more I think about it uh the more I realize how, how well Refurio played. Now, granted, that was Hitchcock's first game. But uh, for them to stay that close, and it, it's kind of similar to what uh, Jeremiah was saying because uh, Hitchcock kind of took control at the end. That's kind of what they do, that you may be able to hang with mm-hmm. them for a while, but eventually those athletes, I mean. It they, sounds like just that speed overwhelms yeah, you. It, it's just going to get you eventually. Although this week they're playing Columbus, and that's going to be quite the game. I mean, they're ranked number four. Columbus is ranked number two. Okay, yeah. And Columbus really handled Howlettsville. That kind of surprised me last week. So uh, that game, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of eyes on that game. Yeah, and Columbus, I forget the kid's name, but their quarterbacks are – 
Schopel, yeah, he he's a Baylor commit as well. Lloyd Jones, he you know he was a this time last year he was a two three star recruit. Lloyd Jones, he's now in the twenty four seven composite, which is the one I hold most near and dear. He's a four star recruit and rising. So and he hasn't committed anywhere yet. I'm excited to see where Lloyd Jones ends up because he's a guy we'll uh, we'll end up seeing play on Saturday and we get the chance you know just because he's in this district we get the chance to see him kind of throughout the year so that you know that's exciting for us and for any other you know fans of Yoakum or Hallettsville or these you know these other teams in the area um but we're gonna go ahead and take a break here here a message from white trash services and we're talking about what's to come in week eight Jonathan Brooks number retirement stay tuned I'm joined by BJ Nelson BJ White Trash Services, what is it and and what do y'all do? Well, thank you for asking. We gather trash in the counties around the Crossroads area. We've been in business for eight years, and we have dumpster, trash can, and roll-off companies. And, you know, y'all are are big advocates for for sports throughout the Crossroads region. Just what makes y'all want to sponsor uh, all, all high school sports throughout the Victoria area? High school sports are amazing. One, they keep kids out of trouble. It teaches them about character, teaches them about right and wrong, uh, how to do better in life. You learn a lot of life skills in sports and especially football. And how can someone get a hold of White Trash Services to start their service, rent a roll-off, or apply to be a part of your team? You can give us a call at 361 550 one eight two six. I have a team of ladies that answer the phone and gentlemen. So give us a call anytime, eight to five during the day, and uh, we'd be happy to visit with you about any of those things. And we are back with episode fifty-seven of the Grid Heinz fifty-seven, as Mike said before the show. Um. Head into uh, gonna head into week eight now. Victoria West after the game against veterans looking for a bounce looking for a bounce back in Corpus Christi Ray for Ray back to back weeks up against the Victoria School coming off a bounce back week. Jeremiah, I'm gonna throw it to you. What is there something that Ray can do? Is there you know what's Ray's like? Is there a way they can upset West? Is there anything they do really well that could potentially give the Warriors just another opponent? issues problems i think the thing that they did uh best in their game against uh east was they had a few big passing plays i think they had one for 50 plus yards so if if they're able to you know maybe get behind the defense and you know get some of those big chunk plays then maybe that can you know pose a little bit of an issue to to west this week yeah and that's actually the one thing where vets got them and vets you know granted that's a higher level of opponent vets was able to you know when they had time to throw when they were able to get the ball down the field they got it down the field and had big chunk plays so that's something to watch out for. What I'm looking for from West this week is just last week's loss hurt them a little bit because it, you know, you build it up in their minds for West. They were playing for a potential. This was a, a district title eliminator in their eyes, um, and it hurt the way the way they lost hurt because they thought they did things well. They thought, you know, in some aspects maybe they played well enough to win the game, but mistake here, mistake there, big play here, big play there, changes the complexion of the game. So, so the loss hurt. I want to see not the um, kind of the emotional hangover carry over into this week. Just how they looked against Moody, how they looked against King, where they, hey, just 
just take care of business. We're playing a team that we probably should be. Take care of business. Move on. Let's keep going upon our schedule. Miller's not that far down the road for West East, obviously coming up at the end of the year. So I just want to see West. Can they put the loss behind them and just move forward? Because in their first one of the season, they had a bye coming off it, so they had a lot of time to put the first three losses behind them. I want to see how they play coming off a loss this week. See how they handle that because I know this one hurt. You know, inside the program, going over to the East side. Uh, Victoria East playing Corpus Christi King this week. Uh, Jeremiah, you've been around the program. What, uh, what if anything, does Charlie Reeve, Nigel Prater, any of those guys have to say about uh, Corpus Christi King, what their expectations are this week? Yeah, well, obviously, uh, you know, I talked to Bryson Ortega, who's a senior wide receiver, and, you know, you could tell that, you know, Charlie Reeve's mentality is kind of rubbing off on the guys. And, uh, you know, Bryson just said that how, you know, the, ne- the most important game is the next game. So, you know, they're not overlooking this King team, which is winless. They're just kind of treating it like any other game. Um, but, I mean, I'm looking at, at it as a game for them to kind of continue on that track that they, you know, ended against uh, against Ray and, uh, you know, kind of continue to run the ball well. Um, you know, maybe maybe get the passing game a little bit more involved with Case and Coley. But I think it should be another game where they're going to be able to kind of flex their muscles a little bit. Yeah, I got to say Chancey King earlier this year. West won that game 53 to nothing. King's got a receiver and a running back who are, you know, they get the ball in their hands, they can do some things. Their quarterback gets the ball out of his hands quickly. That was that was the one thing watching the West game because their line dominated so much. I thought, oh, man, T.K. Rollins, Trevor Robertson, these guys probably had a bunch of sacks. But at the end of the game, none of them had sacks as the quarterback. Just It's a lot of quick game in the passing game, so that's the one thing. You got to be, you know, you got to be disciplined. You got to be whatever. But it's funny, East and West are finally following – are following very similar paths right now as they set up for a showdown the last week of the season. So it'll be fun to follow them the rest of the year. Hallettsville, they're retiring Jonathan Brooks' number. They're playing Hempstead this week, looking to bounce back from last week's loss against Columbus. Mike, you're going to be out in Hallettsville. Tell us what you know about uh, about all the festivities going on and about you know about this game as we you know we continue in this you know logjam of a district over here. Yeah, first of all, the game is big for Hallettsville. They need to beat Hempstead yeah. because they're basically in the playoffs if they beat Hempstead. Of course, uh, the last game of the year for them is Yoakum. Um, and unless they can pull off the upset at Hitchcock, the Yoakum game, there's a good chance that'll be for third and fourth. Yeah. And as we know from last year, Yoakum won that game, Hallettsville first round, Franklin. So that is not what they want again. But uh, bringing back Jonathan Brooks, uh, you know, we this is really unique. We don't have a lot of numbers retired. Yeah. You know, I I can't think of too many. Um, you know, we've had Hall of Fame type stuff, but this one they're actually retiring uh, Jonathan Brooks. And uh, you know, you asked me for a highlight, and uh, I guess the one play that sticks out to me was uh, I don't remember what round it was, but I went up to. Uh, I can't remember is uh, San Marcos or somewhere to cover them playing Little River Academy, mm-hmm. and uh, he had a punt return in that game that I swear I mean, I thought when he caught it I I thought that was it you know he was he was surrounded. The next thing I know he's running down the sideline <laughs> for a touchdown, and even the guys up there from the Temple paper were just like stunned. We were all going oh my gosh you know this guy is special. But what stands out to me about Jonathan is just what a great teammate he was and how hard he worked. He always, you know, he never really put himself, you know, out there. He just did what was necessary for the team. 
And that's what I, you know, and like I said, I said this in a tweet, I, I, I'm not at all surprised by what he's done at UT because you could kind of see that. And what surprised me is that more teams didn't recognize his ability um, because early on he had very few D1 offers. Texas came in very early on him, and he went ahead and committed. But, uh, you know, a lot of teams missed on this guy. Yeah, that's and you mentioned the stuff about him just being a great teammate and locker room guy. And, you know, high school, you know, you see it in the professional level. Sometimes at the college level, numbers are tired. You don't at the high school level just because you have to order jerseys and things. Yeah. Like, logistically, you just don't see a whole lot of numbers are tired. So, Hallettsville going out of their way and, you know, in a sense, you're striking while the iron's hot because he's doing so well in Austin right now. But it says a lot about him as a, as a human that Hallettsville's willing to, you know, do this but then you know kind of put it out there for him yeah it does and uh i think a lot of the credit goes to tommy pensick who was his coach at hallettsville you know i think tommy helped instill some of those uh values work ethic those kind of things and uh you know as a result this is what happens now I, i'm real curious to see now that hallettsville's doing this if maybe some other schools yeah. will follow suit you know some other schools that have had exceptional yeah. athletes will say, hey, maybe we well, need to retire. Well, you got to think his teammate in Austin, Jordan Whittington, is telling yeah. Quero, like, hey, man, come come on, state champion over here. I'm having to watch my teammate go, uh, yeah. go get his number retired. Well, not only Jordan, but his uncle Arthur, who, yeah. you know, won a couple of state titles yeah. and won a Super Bowl, too. And then you've got, of course, Robert Strait, who was yeah. on the 1987 uh, – state uh, championship team and set up at that time a bunch of records some of them have now been broken but uh, yeah that, that's what I thought about I mean I wonder how many uh, how many people will think about that now about retiring numbers yeah this could be a this could be a trendsetter in this region because usually no one wants, wants to be the first one and then once someone else says like well they did it we have to do it yeah. so curious to see that's an interesting take I'm curious to see the effect it has uh, Edna Industrial massive rivalry this week uh industrial is gonna be fighting a bit of an uphill battle edna is just really really good mike you and i have gotten a chance to see them jeremiah you've gotten a chance to watch industrial this year you were supposed to cover two games but then one of them got lightninged out uh, mother nature didn't want that one to happen uh what are you looking for from industrial like what what because this is obviously they big rivalry game they know that you know they know this is this is going to be one of the best teams they play this year. What are you looking for from industrials? An early sign of okay, they're in it. They can win this one. Yeah, well, uh, you know, I, I actually saw industrial I think twice this year against uh, what was it Shiner and Goliad, um, and uh, you know, in that game against Goliad, you know, going into that, I kind of expected industrial to play a little bit better, um, be a little bit more effective in the running game, and I think that's kind of the area where I'm kind of uh, you know expecting them to. You know, if they're going to want to try to win this game, uh, going up against a, a great Edna team is just, uh, you know, excelling in that running game and, you know, get Ashton Garza going. Um, he, he ran the ball a lot in that Goliad game. Um, and then as far as Edna, I think, uh, you know, they're they're what they are. They're a great team. They're just going to have to keep on, uh, you know, running the ball as well, passing it, and, uh, you know, getting uh, Clay and all his receivers involved. Yeah, what I'm looking for, Mike, I'm interested for your take on this because you've seen Edna as well. Edna, when I saw him against Refurio, they came out just hair on fire and hit Refurio right in the mouth early. 
So as it goes this week, this big rivalry game. A lot of these players for Edna are seniors, so I imagine they're going to be playing hair on fire. You're getting their best shot early on. Can Industrial withstand kind of that first quarter? Because Clay's really good. They got some good receivers. Their running back, Rodas, is a stud. They're big on the lines. They're, they're big and physical on the lines. Can Industrial withstand that kind of first quarter surge, that first quarter push, and then settle into the game after that? Because it's you can't win games in the first quarter, but you can lose them in the first quarter. Can Industrial handle that with, with what's going to be? I mean, both sides are motivated, but Edna's you know shown to be one of the best teams in the state. I'm curious to see how Industrial handles that onslaught right from the get-go. Yeah, well, I've always said this about Edna. They're very hard to beat but they can beat themselves. Mm -hmm. And you saw a little bit of that at Refurio, and and I've seen that before too. Uh, If Edna doesn't make mistakes, Edna is extremely hard to beat, but they've shown that they sometimes make mistakes, and that's what they, if they're going to make that run, they have to Mm -hmm. eliminate that. And I think that's what, what I I guess industrial is hoping that they'll make some of those mistakes and they industrial has to take advantage of them though and that's the key and uh and encourage them to make those mistakes try to force them to do so in fact uh when I spoke to Craig Nairn this week um he said we have to make some positive yardage he said last year I don't remember us making any positive (laughs) so uh and, you know, the interesting thing about it, and I spoke to a coach, I don't, I don't want to name him because I don't want to get him in trouble or anything, but I asked him straight out, I said, do you think Edna's as good as last year? And he said, no. But then he said, but saying that, I still think they're the best team in the region. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, that shows you how good they were last yeah. year. But they, if they play, I mean, Edna with Rodas, Raylan Harris, the receiver. Harris, that's yeah, yeah he's J- a stud. Yeah, and Jaden Clay, and you know the the Reyes on the yeah. line, and he also plays tight end. And he had a touchdown in the yeah. Refugio game. So I mean, they've got weapons, and they, and they're, they're well coached. So I mean, it, to me, it's Edna. You know, unless Edna makes mistakes, uh, they should win this game. <laughs> yeah, I have some friends who live out in out in Inez, who you know, industri- <laughs> in that industrial area, and they're you know. Whenever they see me, they ask me, how's Edna this year? How's Edna this year? So this is the you know one of those games where 364 days a year, everyone's talking about it, and they play the one day. So it's always exciting to have rivalries like that in this region. Well, we're going to take a break here. We're going to talk some volleyball at the end. But before then, we're, ta- we're going to hear this message from Thrivent Financial and come back with some volleyball. Stay tuned. Thrivent is a proud sponsor of The Grid. Thrivent believes money is a tool, not a goal. Thrivent Financial Advisor Carly Herrig works with clients to create financial strategies that reflect their priorities and help them protect the things that matter most, like family and giving back. Carly can be reached at 361-223-7883 or connect.thrivent.com backslash true-path-planning. And we are back, episode 57 of The Grid. We're going to close this one out with some volleyball. Uh, Jeremiah, you were at an area game last night, Hallettsville v. Yoakum. And uh sounds like Hallettsville, you know, they pushed them a little bit. They made Yoakum, you know, Yoakum wins three sets to one, but Hallettsville didn't, you know, didn't give it away, made them, made them work for it. Yeah, uh, the game was in Hallettsville, and, uh, you know, there was definitely a little bit of that kind of rivalry, uh, you know, atmosphere with both fans on, you know, both sides of the court. And, yeah, Hallettsville, they took the third set. 
um, winning in by three points. And, uh, you know, talking to Yoakum, head coach Kayla Natho, she was kind of, I would say, kind of disappointed in the play of her team, uh, you know, being the expectations that they have to, you know, get back to the regional final like they did last season. Um, they had 13 errors in that third set. Um, just made you know you know mistakes here and mistakes there and you know Houtsville was able to capitalize off of that you know in a season where Houtsville is kind of struggling I think they only have nine wins overall so um, you know that was a little bit surprising for them to to take that set um, but Yoakum in the in the fourth set they just showed you know why they're you know one of the better teams in our area with uh, you know the depth that they have in you know all the hitters uh, you know outside hitters and Jonna Phillips and Destiny Rios and then the you know the the you know the middle blockers um, and you know they're just a so, such of a deep team and I think uh, you know that's why they've been so successful and you know hopefully for them they could kind of figure it out before the playoffs start in a few weeks. Yeah, one thing and because I've covered Yokum a few times this year and I from what you just said it sounds like she's the same way right now. Kayla Natho is one track minded to the regional final. Every time you talk to her like that, whether it's the first game of the season, the first practice of the season, or it's, you know, yesterday a district game against Hallisville, one track minded to the regional final. And it sounds like with you, she was kind of that same way of our standards are higher. We got to be better than this because we want to get there. Yeah, well, uh, you know, with the playoffs only three weeks away, I think she definitely expected her team to be a little bit more sharper. Um, but I think, you know, once again, it was just kind of that, uh, you know, rivalry atmosphere. But yeah, I think definitely after last season where, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's the best, uh, you know, the farthest a Yoakum team has ever been. Yeah, last year and was. They, yeah, Nathan t- took them there. So I think that's definitely on her mind getting back there and, you know, possibly facing against, uh, you know, another tough team in Columbus again. Columbus or Goliad, that's, you know, it's, a, it's set. it looks like right now Columbus-Goliad is going to play out like last year. That could be a regional semi and then Yoakum potentially waiting on the other side. I'm not sure who they would quite be playing, but Columbus-Goliad, that would be, I've watched both teams play multiple times this season. That would be uh that would be a heck of a contest. Other volleyball news last night: Victoria West drops a five-set thriller to Gregory Portland down in down in Portland. Second time this season, West has lost a GP in five sets. That's a that's a tough one for them. They'll play East on Friday, but what that loss does for West, they can no longer win the North Zone. So they're guaranteed. You know, if they went out from here, which that's their expectation. Um, they would have to go to the playoff, win a zone playoff game just to qualify for the UIL playoff. So that's a big loss for West last night, losing in five. That's you know, that's one that's one that shook them a little bit. They play East on Friday, of course. The last time East and West played, that uh, went all the way down to the wire. So hopefully, we get another fun one like that. Uh, another another fun one in uh, East West volleyball. East looking to break. It's twenty seven and zero now. West against East. East looking to. Looking to break that. And then in District 27 2A, Shiner, or not Shiner, I'm sorry, Schulenberg, who beat Shiner in five sets on Friday, now in full control of the district. Shiner now has two losses. Weimer, who beat who is one of Shiner's losses. Schulenberg beaten four sets last Tuesday. Schulenberg undefeated 6 0 in district play and now uh, completely controls their own destiny. And shoot, they, they could probably even lose a game and still win the district at this point. So, the Schulenberg Shorthorns, who knew they were good at volleyball, except everybody in the crossroads. The Schulenberg is really, really good. And that just about does it for uh, for this week. Mike, you got something to yeah, say. I, I at least want to give a shout-out to the Bloomington Bobcats. Yes! They uh, they broke their 45-game district losing streak with a win over Kennedy 
And uh, you know how they did it. They shut out Kennedy in the second half, which is pretty impressive on the road. So uh, shout out to the Bobcats. Uh, and, uh, of course, I know it's going to be tough, but if they can win two of their last three, they could get in the playoffs for the first time since 1999. Yeah, I know they have to play – They've already played Shiner and Furio, so they still have to play Ganado. They play Ganado this week. They, I believe they have an off week. Then they have Three Rivers and Skidmore. Now, Skidmore is definitely a winnable game. Yeah. But, uh, three Rivers would be the, the, the test. The, uh, and I'll tell you, watching Ganado a couple of weeks ago, Ganado looks pretty good. Yeah. Um, Ganado looks pretty good. That will be that'll be a tough one. I think that Ganado team, I think – Mike, you got that sense when you went out there as well. It feels like they're just elevating. Like, Ganados, they haven't peaked yet. They're still getting better. So, that's a tough one. But you're right. I'm happy you brought that in. Shout out to Bloomington. Yeah. Shout out to Bloomington ending that streak. And now, hey, playoffs are a possibility. Playoffs are a possibility. Who would have thought we'd be saying that yeah. and on October 11th? But we love seeing good competitive teams in a region. That will do it for this week's episode of The Grid, episode number 57. Everyone, thank you for tuning in. Enjoy the football we got in the area this week. West will be at home, east on the road, and we got area games all over the place. Playoff baseball for those who are into that as well. That's what I'm. That's what Mike and I are going to do tonight. I think Jeremiah is going to do that as well. But until next time, we'll see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in.